1: Uh, it's time now, by the way, to talk to Brian Scalabrini of NBC Sports Boston. He's brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market. Bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow. And by Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. The hair doctor of Tom E. Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. And Scal joins us here on the Harbor One Hotline. Scal, I wanted to start by asking you about Tom Brady. And as somebody who's made the transition from your playing days to the broadcast booth, what advice you might have for Brady, maybe someday, eventually,
2: <laughs> making that transition? How pompous would I be to say, you know, Tom, let me sit you down for one second. Let me understand. Let me teach you how to transition. Why is that pompous? From... Well, I mean, I'm, I that's Tom Brady's transition as the GOAT maybe of all quarterbacks or maybe of all football players is going to be a little smoother than, you know, me, like, you know, carving my way in the media business. But I'm, I'm assuming the one thing I will say is you have to be authentic to who you are. I tell all people transitioning, you can't pretend or, you know, shred the truth a little bit as you go along. Now, obviously you can make adjustments. You don't need to, destroy a player every time they make a bad play but you have to be authentic to who you are and i'm pretty sure that tom will probably be authentic to who he is
1: see i'm a little i'm a little skeptical tom will will make an easy transition there the one thing he doesn't really have to worry about unless he gets a patriots game he doesn't have to worry about you know following the same team week to week like you have to like that that has to be a struggle right to be to be critical of the team that you're covering every single game as opposed to Brady, who can kind of bounce around and, and parachute around uh, here and there for different teams?
2: I mean, not really. I think, first of all, I've been really lucky from this standpoint. Like, So the one year I went to coach the Golden State Warriors, the, the Celtics weren't very good. But as soon as I got back, like, they played good basketball. Like, Brad, the way they, the way that they were playing – they moved it really well. They played, like, what I would consider my style of basketball. The year we had expectations with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward after the Eastern Conference Finals with that kind of young team, like, we were awful. And, I, would, and I, I don't think that any of our ownership group, I don't think anybody in the front office, I don't think that even the people working at the Celtics or even the fans thought that we were good. I didn't think we were good at all that year, and I kind of just called it the way I saw it. So I don't think that um, – you know, i had to be be careful of anything like that now, now let me tell you if i was broadcasting games for the charlotte hornets i think it'd be a little more difficult or if the celtics go full-on rebuild and i'm not understanding the end result to be different but like i've been really lucky to be a part of this team and they've been really good when i was a part of it
0: Scal, as you reflect on your transition to being a broadcaster how many years or seasons did you feel like it took you to lose the kind of self-consciousness of worrying about maybe not even just offending a player or people not liking you, but just realizing that the broadcast comes first and the playing days are behind you and just losing that self-consciousness?
2: So when I, so when I first uh, – my first year, I was doing that all the time because, like, I was ne- – like, I could clearly see – that Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce have lost a lot since, you know, like when I was there in 2010. And Kevin Garnett lost a lot since 08, right? So I could see that, but there was no way I was saying that. It was like (laughs) me and my... It was my hero losing a step. Like, it happens to everybody. And then, you know, Danny did a great job of making that move, like, a year early versus waiting. But I was not going to talk about... You know, like Garnett and Pierce not separating as much as they used to or like any of that stuff. So, so those guys move on. I go to Golden State. At that point, like, I wasn't halfway in, halfway out. I was all in on TV. I knew I didn't want to coach. After coaching the Warriors for a year, I knew I didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I just knew it. Like, it wasn't the way I wanted to live my life. They were too good. So then – no, they weren't good at the time. Like I thought we, I thought at the coaching staff, we underachieved. Um, like I thought Steph Curry was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And, and we were just like muddling around the 6th or seventh seat. I thought that team was off the charts. And I didn't think that as a staff, we did a really good job. But then, you know, like I knew I, I was the first guy to say, Steph Curry's going to win MVP. I knew he was going to do it, being around him. But anyways, at that point, I was all in on that. I didn't have – I came back to Boston. I didn't have any of the guys that I played with. Doc Rivers was gone. I didn't have any of that stuff. So it was a lot easier after that first year when Doc was here, Paul was here, the veteran guys were here. It became appreciably easier not, being, not playing with some of the guys that I was at that point criticized, even though for the most part, I think I criticize like maybe 10% of the time. I I mean, for the most part, I kind of understand what the league is and guys transitioning, trying to be better and trying to be superstar players. And you remember when the Celtics were bad, everyone was talking about trading guys. I was like, the answer is Jalen and Jason. Those guys got to be top five, top 10 players. There's no answer anywhere else besides those guys developing. That's just how – we're, we're going to be good. So And maybe people didn't like that, but that's what I saw, and that's what eventually happened with those two. Scal, it's Arkan. The first time I met you was 20 years ago, UMass Boston for the Summer League, LeBron's rookie year. Do you remember that? Not yeah. meeting me, but do you remember <laughs> being there? Obviously, you probably don't remember like, meeting there's me. There's no way he remembers that. But you remember West being James. at UMass yeah, Boston. Yeah. Did you ever I think yeah. LeBron James could get mugged like he did at the end of that game and not get the call? Well, I wouldn't be thinking that in two thousand three, but um, you know, like I think the, the like the narrative of the officials don't want LeBron to get calls is so false. It's the official was was blocked by another player. Maybe the official was out of you know out of sight. Maybe he saw the hand but didn't see LeBron's bicep, like the arm. Right. So I just I, I find it so unique that like people really think. That the officials are have it out for LeBron. He's about to score forty thousand points coming up in the next you know, season. He's in, passing Kareem in less than a hundred points. You really think he didn't get calls like like you know throughout his whole entire NBA career? That was I like, shocked that they missed that call. Like, yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. I'd be shocked. Like you know, Jericho Sims fouled Robert Williams at the end of a game, and I don't hear the the. Yeah, NBA that, rep- you know, you know, that's, quite different. The same, you
1: know that's different. You know that's different, Why? 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 Be- because LeBron- say- LeBron's different than Jericho Sims, just like Garnett would be
2: different than you. You know that. No, I, I, no, I get that, but let's not pretend like, that calls at the end of games don't get missed. I'm just, like, I get it like the call was missed, but we're acting like it was the only missed call in the history of the game. I bet there were five others in the last two minutes of the game. We get a last two-minute report. Like I get it, man. Like, I, like, and by the way, by the way, are you guys shocked by the way that he responded to that? Yes, I, I was shocked. like his reaction on like, the floor, you mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: that was, was hilarious. hilarious It was a bit much, yeah.
2: I and continues not, to. Yeah, I can't, I could not believe that our generation's greatest player did that. Like like just go down the list. You make up your own top 20 of all time. Go down the list. Michael Jordan, no way. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Kareem, Wilt, Bill Russell. Just keep going. No, nobody is doing that. So I'm just, I was just shocked that LeBron, and I get it. He got fouled. I was shocked that he acted like that. Go get kicked out of the game. You know, like go up to the ref and be like, Blankety-blank, blankety-blank and get booted I I could not believe it I could not believe it
1: Alright, well he is Brian Scalabrini He joins us every Wednesday at 4.30 Scal, thanks so much for taking the time We appreciate it See you guys
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com We make getting custom window treatments a minor project With major impact Choose from premium blinds, shades and shutters We even have options for your patio too Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. limited time at blind.com. blind.com. and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.